What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here on a Sunday night. It's the second half of the NBA. Tom, I know it's been a little bit. I was away. We're both busy. How you doing, my friend? Doing all right, man. Uh, a lot of shit going on. Did you play golf? My dad is injured, so he did not hit the course, which meant neither did I. Oh, well. That sounds like either uh, either that's true or it's a lie for you. I don't know. I'd have to, a I'd lie. Have to see your face. Um, but yeah, man, I'm that's doing a right. really that. I just want to put this out here real fast. You and I have been friends for a while. All right, you know when I if I would lie, and you know when no, I you'd be easily I would easily accept the fact that I decided not to do that. No, he's hurt, so he's no. not hitting the links, which means neither was I. Get well soon to him. Hopefully, you gave him some pointers on how to heal up more quickly. Yeah, he's got he's got like this. Uh, He's got this bad finger issue on his like right middle finger, so like he just can't grip a golf club or hit or do anything. So he got a shot of cortisone. So he's supposed to rest a few weeks, and then he's going to try to get back out there. Hey, listen, if he's got a house in Florida and then a house out on the Cape, he'll have plenty of golf in his future. He'll be just all right. Um, is he a Knicks fan? Oh, he's a Knicks fan, all oh, right. Well, I hope he's not watching, unfortunately. <laughs> he's not going to have much to watch especially as a Jets fan as well. Jesus. Um, but, yeah, man, doing all right. Um, I have a lot of car trouble since November with my personal car. So, oh, no. Yeah, What's man. going on now? Well, I brought it in. Uh, it had it had, had a power steering issue since November. Finally brought it in beginning of the year. Um, apparently it was fixed. Then I had the issue, I had a different issue for something else they fixed with the radiator, which I should have never let them fix. Um, but then they messed up the coolant so that no heat comes out and the car overheats. And no heat kind of sucks up around here um, in the wintertime. And yeah, then that's not great. yesterday, I, I finally got the car back. I want to say Thursday or Friday. And then yesterday, I was helping my buddy Ryan, the other, the host of the Dino Hype uh, Cast podcast, move. And on the way back, as I was going to pick him up from the U-Haul spot, um, same issue came up. Car was steaming and all this other shit. So, for the people out there that I haven't been able to uh, drive out and see, especially our secretary, um, <laughs> listen, I haven't had a consistent vehicle since basically November and I can't be driving the work truck around too much. I don't want to get pinched on that. You know what I mean? It's GPS tracked. No, of course not. So what's the resolution? What are you, what are you ultimately deciding here with this car? Are you just going to bite, bite the bullet, take the L and move on or I'm in a quandary here because it's like, this is clearly their fault because I've never had this issue before they fix the car. Um, so it's, it's theirs. And the last time they, they gave me a bunch of discounts, but this time it's like, this is the only issue I have. I'm not paying for it to get fixed again. So I'm in a rock and a hard spot here because it's like, obviously I got to bring it back to this mechanic because they're the only ones that are going to fix it for free. But clearly they also kind of suck because this is time number three. But, you know, if I run into any more issues over a certain amount of money, I'm just going to have to let this thing go and uh, and buy another car. But we'll, we'll see. I'm going to call them tomorrow and ask them if I think I should bring it in, um, I don't want to be a dick, but I'm just going to be like, are you guys going to be able to fix this? Or are you going to keep fucking up? No, but you know what? You got to put your foot down because that's ridiculous. And having, there is nothing 
like more stressful or just that like weighs on your mind more than your everyday grind of having to drive your car and knowing there's something wrong with it or that yeah. something could I mean, go wrong I'm, with it. I'm lucky in the sense that I have a work van, so I can, you know, at the you know at the worst case scenario, I can get to to and from work every single day, but. You know, I it's it's tough to go to the gym. You know, sneak into the gym, and it's you've been on to, the grind lately too, obviously. So yeah, it's messing so, up with that. Luckily, my cousin's got a tonal next door. I can always supplement with that. It's just it's not the same, like we've discussed. But right. and that you know, and I can always go for a run. The gym won't stop; it'll always be there. But it's just it's very annoying, and um, I don't know. I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to sue this fucking mechanic shop. <laughs> you know, it's funny, bro. Like I've, I've had my car now for a little over eight years now. So I'm, or seven years. So I've had like people run into it. I've had like every accident that you can have from like the exterior of it. I've had a lot, obviously you knew my commute up there. I had a lot of wear and tear on that car. A lot car. of miles on that thing. Plus you got to drive to Texas as well in there. Yeah. I, yeah. I drove to Texas from, from uh, Massachusetts. So I was like, well, you know, what's going on with this thing? And, um, I always brought it to the dealership and I knew I was going to pay an arm and a leg for it, but I never really gave a shit. Cause I'm like, at least it's going to be fixed. Like I'm sick and tired of these there's, there's mechanics like this, or third party people that don't actually know the car. There's a threshold where it's like, all right, it's time to stop bringing it to the dealer and start being cheaper. I don't know what, I think it's different for everybody, but there's like a certain mileage where it's like, I'm not going to sell this thing. I'm going to run it into the ground. I'll bring it to a cheaper right. mechanic, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think every, like you said, every circumstance is different. For me, it was, I'm trying to preserve this car for as long as I possibly can. And yeah, I'll pay more, but the stress will be gone once I know I'm driving it out of that place, as yep. opposed to bringing it to a mechanic and being like, oh, I sure hope as hell they fixed it. And then, you know, the, the warning, the check engine light comes back on when you're like, dude, I just paid a thousand dollars for this. What the fuck? And they, so, and they keep saying, and the guy's like, oh, the coolant is finicky. I'm like, oh yeah, I got a job that's finicky too. Whenever I fuck something <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the word choice is always really convenient for them, finicky, right? Huh? Finicky. Well, Tom, moving on, uh, before we get into the pod, obviously, you know, we're going to just extend our, our best wishes to the people of Ukraine real fast with the invasion Absolutely. of Russia over the past week. And obviously, you know, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about whether it be public health and the, and the coronavirus pandemic or talking about, you know, national security and, and presidential changes and whatnot. And just real fast, want to get it out there. I think what they've, what the people of Ukraine have done to, to fend off the Russian invasion has been incredibly valiant and something that's really worth taking note of and, and giving our, you know, standing ovations for. Absolutely. Um, on my other podcast, we're having our friend, we like to call him Piranha Pat, come on, and he's going to be giving us a history lesson on Vladimir Putin. So I'm very excited about that. He's done extensive research. That's really exciting. You know, I could do that for you off the cuff, but, you know, you've got somebody else, so that's good. Oh, wow. Well, sorry, buddy. This, <laughs> he was begging to be on the pod, so we said, you're not just oh, going to come great. on and talk. We have to give you a an assignment, and uh, Piranha Pad is an absolute lunatic, so you're a little more tame well, than him. So I'm excited to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was giving people history lessons all up and down the line over the past week about keeps, this whole he thing. Keeps saying, he keeps saying... The same thing. He goes, just a little teaser of Vladimir Putin, not a go-getter. 
Yeah, not well. You know, it, it, from our former president, President Forty Five, who said, you know, maybe he's really not that bad of a guy when you get to meet him. You know, let's let's remember that for all you morons that continue to say, "Oh, I wish Trump was in presidency during this time." Oh, uh, guess what? Yeah. In that uh, Phil Mickelson's in a heap of trouble. Back, bringing it kind of back to sports, but it also hey, there you go, yeah, he 45. is. Um, and you want to know what uh, Mr. Trump's doing? He is in deep with this Saudi Golf League, offering up a course in Jersey as well as Florida to them, making deals with these Saudi Saudi government. So that's that's two arguments right there. Wow, that was really well done. I didn't know about the golf uh, component, but that was look at you. You're a pro. Two podcasts in, and this guy knows exactly what he's doing. But Tom, now that we got that out of the way. I want to spend the majority of today on the NBA. Uh, we're in the second half, and mm-hmm. the standings are kind of starting to take shape a little bit, but there's also a lot of craziness, particularly in the Eastern Conferences, which is where we'll start. And what I want to do today is kind of just give our take on each team that's in the one through ten spots and give our kind of thoughts overall as to what we expect from them in the second half and also what we expect um, – or maybe what their floors and ceilings are. And we'll start sure. with the Miami who are 40 and 21. They're in first place in the East. And to me, man, I think this is probably the most safe team. I think that they're just a really steady basketball team with a lot of talent. They're I deep. don't know what Oladipo is going to be, but they're deep. And to me, I could see this team finishing, you know, going back to the NBA finals, but I could also see them losing in a round two. What do, what do you think? I'm leaning closer to the round two. I, they, they just really had the feel of that r- very good regular season team with all the veterans and, and as we said, so deep. Um, but I, I don't know if they had the talent to get them over the top. We saw Jimmy Butler in the bubble year drag them to the finals with Bam, who, by the way, is their best player and is having an incredible season snub on the all-star team there. Um, but I, I think that, I don't think that they had the player to get them over top to the championship, but I could see them finishing as a one seed. Me too. Does this team kind of remind you of like that 2015 Atlanta Hawks team that was just so deep and yeah, loaded, but just didn't have that one guy? LeBron. Yeah, but just didn't have that one guy that you knew could take over a game. Yeah, and you hope that it's Jimmy, but Jimmy can get cold pretty quickly. You know, I watched them play your Knicks the other night, but and they obviously won. guy but... at the same time. Of course he is, but he's also a lot older than he was, you know, even three years ago when they won the title. I watched them play your Knicks the other night, and they ended up winning, but I didn't think that they really dominated the they're Knicks. RJ Barrett had a historic game, but yeah, they're, that's a good way to say it. They're not impressive. No, and I, I think I think you're you're right in the sense that they could win the title if everything breaks right for them, but I just think there's better players out there, and when, when it comes to the playoffs, it, you know, it goes to – your top, I guess, eight guys in the rotation, and it's really a superstar league, and those guys kind of drag you, as you saw last year in the NBA Finals with Giannis. Um, and I just don't see a player on that team being able to do that as much as I like Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I think we all do. I think everybody likes Butler. I think everybody likes Lowry. I think everybody likes, you know, for various reasons, obviously Bam, and then you got Hero and Duncan Robinson. I think Oladipo is a little bit of a wild card here. He, his return seems to be imminent before the end of the regular season, and 
I don't know what he is, bro. Like, he hasn't really been anything in a long time. Mm-hmm. But if he can just give them any kind of a spark, he might be kind of that de facto buyout guy that they need. Yeah, he, he – I mean, I think he could get you 15 points a game. Probably. You got P.J. Tucker there, too, who's obviously, you know, a, a champion last year and, and to use my term, battle-tested. Oh, God, here it is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, moving on down the line to the Chicago Bulls because they do have a superstar. They might have a few, but his the one I'm thinking of is DeMar DeRozan, who's on a run right now, dude, like that that we have not seen from from a player of his ilk really in a long time. Yeah, he's he's having an MVP type season. I'll probably finish in the top three between him and Levine. And then Lonzo being the distributor defender that he is, this team's really deep. Cause then you got, uh, Nikola, what's his name? Uh, Vucevic. I almost called him the Joker there. Um, <laughs> and then Pat Williams coming in, hopefully late for them as a defensive stopper and a, and a versatile player. This is a team I think is more talented than the Bulls, especially on the top end. And if they can get hot and DeRozan keep playing this way, I could see them as a team that could go to a championship and possibly win it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to go there. And by the way, let me just specify what I said by, you know, a player of his ilk pertaining to DeRozan. He's always been a really good player, and he's been on teams where he's been the focal point. You have to give him credit. Throughout his years, I I mean, early on with Lowry and whatnot, they were always the team that lost in the playoffs. He goes to San Antonio, gets better. He comes to Chicago and gets even better. No, but that's what I mean, though. Like, that's what I was trying to explain, right? Like, he's he's not a guy that you think of as a year-in and year-out MVP candidate. So when I say a player of his ilk, I'm not demeaning him. What I'm saying, though, is, is a guy that's just has not been in that kind of conversation and at this point in his career, you don't usually see players like that take a next level jump, but it just goes to show the fit that he's been on that team. They allow him to be the alpha. He has great complementary pieces around him that you mentioned. And I just don't know if I'm willing to go there to say that they're an NBA finals team. But I, I tell you what, man, I, I, I would not be shocked at all if they're in the Eastern Conference finals. Yeah, yeah, that's a better bet. That's a much better bet. Um, I guess NBA Finals is a little too ambitious, but Eastern Conference Finals is definitely there. Just too many unproven guys at at that point where I I don't know if they will have the ability or fortitude or necessarily even experience to win four out of seven to get to the NBA Finals this year. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to the next team, the number three seed who played my Knicks today, um, and it got ugly quick in the fourth quarter. The Philadelphia 76ers and Harden, he okie doked and he got you. He got you guys. He looks more than fine. I mean, dude, he did. He's doing with Philly what he did when he first got to the Nets last year. Like, that's the funny thing about Harden is as disgusting as it was to watch him over the last two months and him mail it in and you really feel okie doked. Like, he did the exact same thing to Houston last year, and when he came to Brooklyn, he was an immediate MVP candidate, honestly, if he didn't get hurt, whether people would have voted for him, probably not. But what he's doing already in Philly, I mean, look how wide open Joel Embiid is. It's If Maxi and Harris and Thibel can make shots, uh, this, team is, this team is lethal. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, if Thibel can step up, I mean, Tobias Harris is more open. He had a lot of wide open dunks. I don't know if that's just the Knicks being bad defensively and not having a real big man in there without Robinson. It, it was just this team. Jericho was, Sims had a good game today. Yeah, but not enough. Well, nobody is when you're playing Joel Embiid, bro. He's he's probably the MVP at this point. Would you agree? Yeah. No doubt. I mean, him, Yo- him Jokic, and DeRozan. Yeah, I mean, I, I would vote for Embiid over the other two. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Sixers team's ceiling is as high as anybody in the conference. To me, right now, and we'll get to the Bucks and we'll get to my Nets, right now the 76ers are my pick to uh, represent the East in the NBA Finals. Interesting. Interesting. I don't agree, but very interesting okay. take. Um, next up, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Second round out for me. I just think they're so young, but excellent story. I mean, between Darius Garland and um, what's his face, the rookie. Oh, Mobley. Mobley, of course, who is like the runaway rookie of the year. This team is incredible, and they've got a lot of other pieces as well. Well, you know what they've done really well is they've they've not jeopardized their future for the right now. And that, you know, obviously manifested in the Levert trade. And I think Levert's out now for another week or two. He's always hurt, and I feel bad because I love watching him play. But you got Jared Allen. Their front court is legit. Markinen's on his way back. This team's really good, but I, I agree with you. They're not quite the kind of team that I look at. And it's like, yeah, they'll come out of the East. There would need to be a lot of fluky situations. Like, let me ask you this. Could they be the Atlanta of last year where nobody ever expected them to get to the conference finals, but somehow here they are? They they could with their top of their rotation and how dominant defensively Jared Allen is. He's He's incredible. Between them and the Bulls, which team would surprise you more to get to the Eastern Conference Final? Still the Cavs. Yeah, me too. Me too. Next. Garland's a beast. Oh, I was just going to say real crazy. fast. Gar, I think the I think he's the future of that team, and I'm excited to see what they end up doing with Sexton in the offseason. Yeah, between him and Mobley, I think they're and, – and obviously Allen. I think they've got a lot of great players, and the Nets gave him away for nothing. I know they weren't going to be able to pay him, but – I mean, that, that's that got to hurt still. Um, of course it does. Of course it does. Moving on to the next team, my pick to go back to the finals, Giannis um, having as good of a year as he's ever had. Um, and I think when they get fully healthy, uh, especially with um, Drew Holiday and whatnot, I, I think that they have the ability to go back to the finals, especially because Holiday can really bother Harden better than probably anybody else in the Eastern Conference. You know, it's really hard to push back on you, but I will do it by mentioning last night's Nets-Bucks game, which I watched the entirety of. And, you know, they they needed Bobby Portis to hit eight threes to stay in that game. Now, Kyrie did play and drop 38, but there was no Durant. There was no good. Simmons. And, oh, it was great. And, and we'll talk more about the Nets in a minute. But, you know, to me is they – they don't have Connaughton. They traded DiVincenzo to the Kings. I thought Abaka would make more of an impact, but he doesn't really fit on this team. He's also old and hurt. And he's and he's old and, and you know, Giannis and Giannis just takes up so much of that middle that 
you know, he's not really looking to pass when he drives, and Abaka's not really sitting right there. He's more there for offensive rebounding purposes. I don't really look at this team and say that they have the depth that they did last year. They had Connaughton. They had DiVincenzo. They had, um, you know, obviously P.J. Tucker uh, and a healthy Brooke Lopez. I don't know if he's coming back, and I don't know what shape he's going to be in when he does come back. They don't seem to have the depth that they did last year. Grayson Allen does not fit the role of either of the players I mentioned before. So that gives me a little bit of reservation picking them. Yeah, I could see all your points. I just think with their top three, I think it's better than any other top three in the Eastern Conference, including your Nets. Um, just given, you know, Kyrie, uh, I know that I think they lifted the mask mandate. I don't know if it's for all of New York, but I know they did it in schools. I don't know what the vaccination mandate's going to be. Aside from that, I still like their big three. I haven't seen Simmons play basketball in like a year. So that's why I'm picking the Bucks. just going with Giannis. Um, moving on to the next team, the Celtics. They've gotten a lot better defensively. I just don't think that they have enough to really be a title contender. I like their move for Derek White. I think he's going to be a player on this team for years to come. Um, but again, I don't, I don't see them being able to get over the top. I don't either. And, you know, obviously they have turned it around defensively. They're the best team in the league, I think, defensively. Definitely in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, Robert Williams has turned out to be a real star. Um, and he's playing great basketball for them. Do you trust him in big moments? I don't know. Nobody's had to worry about that yet. Obviously, Tatum and Brown are playing at a really high level. Uh, as is Marcus Smart. Derek White's been that stabilizing piece that they needed, which you mentioned. To me, they just don't have the firepower. They they were a really, really good basketball team. Would it surprise me if they're in the second round? No, but I, I find it hard to believe that they're winning three rounds. No, not at all. And and that's the same exact thing I want to say for the seven, the current seven seed, Toronto. Siakam has really turned it around. Van Vliet definitely deserve to get his first all-star uh, nod. And they have a lot of other ancillary pieces that are very good. But I just don't see them. They have a great head coach, but I don't see them being able to make it past, it, at best, the second round. No, and they're in some trouble right now because Ananobi's out for a while with an injured finger. Yep. So we're going to see what they are. And this standings could completely change because the Nets play them in a back-to-back uh, tomorrow and, and Tuesday, uh, one in Brooklyn and one in, in Toronto. And if the Nets win both of those, you know, that seating's going to flip a little bit. But I agree with you. Toronto, really fun story. It just goes to show how well coached they are. But they don't have the talent to probably even win a first-round series. All right, let's talk about one here that, you know, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to put a timer on you. Um, <laughs> your Brooklyn Nets – I think that they have championship aspirations. I think that they should at least be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, a a good amount of that hinges on Simmons and how he plays, and even more importantly on the mask, or excuse me, the vaccination thing with Kyrie. But you saw it, like you said, against Milwaukee, what was it, yesterday? Um, Even a little bit depleted with just Kyrie, this team is very good. Um, and that was that was the ultimate cock tease right there with him going off. Um, I mean, there's there's so much up in the air for this team between Durant's injury, Simmons is he the same player? Which I believe he will be. Um, 
but is he going to be able to get a little bit better? I saw him working with Kyle Korver and then Kyrie and the vaccine vaccination thing. And then the rest of this team, what's up with Joe Harris? Is he out for the year? Did he have to get that second surgery or does he? Um, and then, and your big men as well. Well, you don't have to give me a timer because I'm going to make this concise. So first and foremost, Mayor Adams today came out and said that they're lifting the current, um, vaccine mask mandate uh on march 7th in new york city now what that does is it makes um people who are going to games uh not having to wear masks or show proof of vaccination and and that's all but it doesn't help employees and kyrie irving is an employee so at least for phase one of this rollback he will still not be able to play in barclay center although he will be able to practice on the court and sit on the bench he will not be able to play. So tell me how that makes sense. It doesn't, but I'm not going to go deep into that. Joe Why Harris, uh, so no, no future is decided yet. He's been doing on-court work. Uh, same with Ben Simmons, who had a little back soreness yesterday, ramping up. That's why ramping up exists uh, for all the idiots that think that he can just walk in and start playing. The Nets are preparing him to be a 30-minute-plus player. Um and he hasn't played a basketball game in the NBA since June. So we're going to see how that works out. We'll obviously worry about what he is on the court when we get a little bit closer to that. Mm-hmm. Durant will be back within this week. So that's exciting to see. Um, Tom, honestly, the big man, Drummond, helps so much. Uh, watching last night, his ability to rebound, they haven't had an answer for being able to contend with Giannis or anybody else. Uh, and indeed, on the rebounding front, in a really long time, uh, Aldridge gives them the scoring big man. Drummond gives them the defensive and rebounding big man. You're right about this team. They have championship aspirations, but I have a lot of reservations about that. I just don't know how you can throw this entire group of players together in a very short amount of time, relying on government policies, relying on a player that hasn't played in almost a calendar year to just get back. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant getting back into basketball shape, although we know he's a stud. I don't know. To me, this team could be a – they're going to probably play in the play-in. They'll probably win the play-in. After that, if you told me they lost in round one because they just never got it together, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me they're representing the East, I wouldn't be shocked. It's a crazy floor ceiling to me. How that fits, how'd that sound? Yeah, I, I think you did a really good job summing it up there. This team has more variables and a higher ceiling and a – and a, I guess a lower floor than any other team. You can't comp them to anybody. Maybe the Lakers, because I still think, and we'll talk about the West later, so I don't need to do it now. But you know, you just have their talent on the on the floor that other teams just don't want to see. You're just at the point now, though, where you can't even really talk about matchups yet. You just need to worry about getting these guys fully available for every single game and building continuity. Yeah. No, no doubt um, this team has been in flux essentially since Kyrie and Durant got there. Um, I oh, for sure. You've had a – I mean, the three of them being Harden and Kyrie and uh, Durant only played like 16 games together. It's it's really crazy. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. And they're trying to make a whole new super team on the fly while one player – well, while the player you're trading for is out and hurt, and hasn't played since June. The other superstar is out and injured and trying to get back into it. And the other player is available for only road games. Like we've never seen anything like this. So trying to comp it to anything is just, uh, is just a waste of time. No, uh, moving on to a team that we are a little bit more sure of is the Charlotte Hornets. Again, I think this is 
a play-in team, a lot of fun. Obviously, LaMelo made his first All-Star team this year. He was deserving of it. Um, Bridges is a lot of fun. I, I, I like this team, but I don't see them making it past possibly the play-in game. Anything after that, not really sure. No, me neither. I think they're a year away or so from being like a real contender, but they just represent how deep the East is because they have players. And if you watch them on the right night, you're like, damn, this fucking, this fucking team's really good. Yeah, absolutely. They've got a lot of, lot of really good players outside of Ball and Bridges. I mean, Hayward is still, still there. Um, I'd lo- you know, Rozier, and then they went out and got Harrell. I don't know how long they have him locked up for, but I'd like to see a full year with him. And then, I don't know, I want to see them do something with Book Knight, whether they trade him in the offseason or he gets a lot more run. He's just too good of a player to be sitting there. You have Washington as well. Yeah, they're, they're, a, weird, they're a weird team in that regard because they do have so much talent there, but I don't know where Book Knight really fits when you look at the future of this team. It seems no, like their backcourt's really solidified. If you can... If you can get something for him a first round draft pick or something i don't know i think you i think you make the move i love the move when they drafted him because i was like oh this is the perfect team for him and then the more i thought about it i was like no it's not because they already have so many guys established in the position that he plays yeah uh, and he's had some immaturity issues there too so it, I, I think that's a good call by you he could be he could be an off-season trade candidate. And the last team sitting there, Tom, at number 10 is the Atlanta Hawks that went to the East Final last year. What do you make out of this team right now? I know they've been surging of late. I think they're going to continue to surge, and I could see them jumping. And I mean, I don't think there's enough time for them to get out of the playing game, but I'd be scared if I were your Brooklyn Nets. They're the team nobody wants to play. Yeah, no, you know? no doubt about it. I think that, you know, either way in these playing tournaments, the Nets and the Hawks are probably going in to the first and the second round. Or excuse me, the the they're gonna fall into the, the last two seeds. Um and I, I would not wanna see the Hawks as an eight seed or whatever matchup if I'm Chicago. Oh God, no. I mean and especially because the thing about them that is comparable to the Nets, now not on the same scale, but more so because they've done it together, unlike the Nets, is that this team obviously is a year removed from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. And they did it, you know, with this core of players. So they're, they know what it's like where it's like, hey, let's just get in and then we can wreak havoc because we know nobody wants to play us. Exactly. I, I'm very high on Atlanta, especially given the place that they're in. The only other team I want to talk about here because I think it's Tanksville for the rest of these teams and see what you got with the young guys and the trades that you made is obviously my Knicks. Um, just keep letting R.J. Barrett cook. I, I think Tibbs has got to go the more and more we watch this team. They're not engaged defensively. You saw it today. You've seen it in the past couple games. And what he brings to the table just is not good for a young team like this and quite obviously a rebuild. I appreciate the four seed last year, but we're back to reality now. This isn't a COVID riddled back to back in a snap season. Um, Tibbs has to go. We have to have a guy in here that's going to play a guy or a girl. I don't give a shit. Um, 
whoever the best coach is. We got to have somebody in here that's going to play the young guys, and Cam Reddish needs to get some run. He's another young guy, obviously. Um, Tibbs has got to go. It's a strong take, but I think it's the right one, and I think it's the one that Nick fans are going to be rallying behind as the season goes on. I think obviously deciding that Kemba Walker is not going to play the rest of the year um, was a step in the direction of we're going to play the young guys. I did watch the majority of that Philly game today. Um, quickly looked as good as he has all year. I know he'd been struggling from three. And Barrett over the last few games, I mean, he was hurt. We wonder what he's going to be when he gets back. Tom, this guy's a fucking beast. Yeah, he's quite obviously a future all-star. Um, I think he's the cornerstone for the Knicks. It could, you know... I wish we had waited the year for the Randall contract, and then when they did it, I turned around and said, we're getting him at a discount. But he's regressed to what he was in New Orleans. Now, let's let's just be fair, though, real fast. Over the last, like, seven games before the All-Star break, and then over the last two, he has played very well. He has. Like, he's never going to be a number one option, which you know. So why don't you just watch him and be like, hey, he's playing good basketball. That's fine. Sure, I just don't think we should have paid him as if he was. He's going to get traded. I mean, and that contract, though, you did pay him, but you didn't pay him a contract that's untradeable. That contract's very, very, very desirable to other teams. Agreed, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, As for the rest of the teams, again, see what you got. And and you know for the Pacers it's you got to work in Halliburton your your new trade piece who again they fleeced Sacramento for that I know Sabonis is a good player but he's he Halliburton is gonna be a multi-time All Star and then same thing Pistons and the Magic and and the Wizards as well see what you got Beal's out for the year so just let let Kuz kit let Kuz cook yeah we'll see whatever they can get out of Porzingis. Um, yeah, the, the bottom of the East obviously is well established. I think the Knicks are the most interesting team because the other ones are playing top draft picks and they're, you know, trying to obviously acquire more as the for Knicks the still, Knicks. The Knicks still aren't. I mean, you saw how long 48 was on the floor today. If you watch that game, I know, but I think they're, I mean, I, I'm not thinking every indication is that they're positioning themselves for, the three pieces that you texted me about, which are Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, and who was the third? It was Beal. Bradley Beal, I think. Yeah. So, so, you know, they're positioning themselves that way where, Hey, let's not shoot ourselves in the foot and trade guys just to trade guys. Let's get our young players as much run as we possibly can. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. But then why is Fournier playing? I mean, I guess because uh, what's his name? Because Tibbs is your coach. Yeah. And a couple guys got hurt. And Grimes got hurt. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's a tough spot to be in because that's why I agree with you. It's a strong take about Tibbs, but it's the right one. You know, he doesn't match the direction the franchise has to go. Not to mention if you want to attract a superstar, which is, even if you're trading for him, like those three guys you mentioned, a lot of the superstars don't want to play for Tibbs. No, they don't because they don't want to be – Tibbs and, – and Kenny Atkinson is a guy that I'm interested to see if and when he gets another I've head coaching job. I've been screaming for him. I know you have, Ben, but I'm excited to see what he is because he obviously, you know, maybe unfairly so, 
has been dubbed as the guy that's great at player development, but not great at coaching superstars. Hmm. Because well, obviously Kyrie and KD didn't want him, so. I agree, but that might be we'll more see. of a Kyrie. Kyrie and KD are kind of out there. And, and the other thing is, is that that might be the case, but we don't know that. Whereas with Tibbs, that's, that's like a fact. We know that. You know? Yes, well, because that's been established in his Chicago days and to the, obviously, Minnesota days and, and now to the Knicks days. But, Tom, it's, it's going to be a really fun East because when we get into the West, I think it's a little bit more established. But the chalky. East is a clusterfuck. Yeah, the East is anything can happen at any time. So let's start in the West and we'll go to the Phoenix Suns that now have lost two straight mm-hmm. since the Chris Paul injury, which is a six to eight, six to eight week injury. Uh, that was kind of a bombshell that came out of All-Star Weekend. How do you see that injury shaping, and do you really think that this is a team that could start to you know, pummel down the standings? I don't think they're going to pummel down the standings. They've got a five-and-a-half game lead on Golden State even after they lost to Utah today. I, I did watch that game. I need to see more Cam Johnson. I need to see more Miles Bridges. I liked what they did watching the game. Uh, getting DeAndre Ayton as involved as possible. And if they don't pay that man, then they're out of their fucking minds because he's so dominant. He made Gobert just look like an idiot on a lot of on a lot of possessions there. Um, Booker needs to step up straight up. I mean, they're going to have decent point guard play. They're going to have, you know, baseline NBA point guard play. It's not going to be terrible. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be like, oh, we should have traded for somebody at the deadline because they did. Aaron Holiday is gonna be able to get the ball in the right places. Booker is just gonna need to step up. I mean, he's averaging 26 a game. I think he got a little bit above that today, but he needs to average 32 to 33 a game. I agree with you. And, and you know what? The the Tory Craig and Aaron Holiday additions were huge for them. Uh, obviously, in hindsight, with the Chris Paul injury, I think they're going to be just fine yeah. because they have still every ingredient that you need. And this is a regular season injury. And like you said, they've already distanced themselves from the Golden State Warriors who, Tom, they have their own problems. They're trying to worry about Absolutely. when Draymond's coming back. Yeah, Clay still looks rusty. Draymond's got a back thing, and he I don't know if you watched any of the All-Star Weekend. I watched a good amount of it. He was super uh, vague about it, I guess I would say. Uh, I mean, backs are, are a fickle thing. And Steph, although he – I don't know if you watched that in the All-Star game. It was absolutely incredible. Oh, I did. He, yeah, he's I did. been having off-shooting nights. So between those three, I mean, Wiggins and Poole and Kaminga are doing a good job. But those three, a little iffy. Yeah, they are, and, and yeah, I I know it's just pregame, but it's funny because we're talking about them as a two seed, and we didn't know what to think about them. If you at the beginning of the year, if you told me they were an eight seed, I might have still said that was good without Clay. I picked them to be uh, in the West Finals, True. so I have been good on that. But I was just going to say real fast: if you haven't watched the pregame from tonight's game against Dallas, where Steph was just doing shooting practice, please watch it. It was all over Bleacher Report and Twitter. Um, Probably one of the most special things I've ever seen on a basketball court, uh, even if the game wasn't being played. But yeah, they, this it. team does, this team does have questions. Like it certainly does. And Draymond is the you know he's the straw that serves the drink in regards to being able to get everybody open, being able to facilitate the entire offense from the post, from the top of the key. He's a point forward. He rebounds. He plays exemplary defense. We know what he does. 
And he has been sorely missed because I do think that the rustiness of of uh, Clay and the shooting, you know, struggles of Steph would not be as big of a deal if Draymond was on the floor every night. And he hasn't played since I think like January fifteenth. Yeah. So it's been a long time. He is back at practice as of a day ago, and they have um, recalled Wiseman after a scrimmage on their G League team. So it looks like they're. They're ramping up, but again, I also saw that they're not really worried about the one seed. I don't think they should be. If they could get those two back and get Clay going a little bit more for the playoffs, I think you're going to make good on that con- that conference finals call. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and obviously they're they're kind of like the Nets from the regard of we don't really care where we end up. We no. just need our guys just to gotta be get good, there healthy. Yes. Okay, Memphis. Tom, I'm going to make a quick proclamation, and then I want you to talk a little bit deeper about them. I think that they're coming out of the West. I think this is the Western. Wow. I think this team's going to the NBA Finals. I've still really got do. Phoenix going as long as CP3 can be ready for the playoffs, but I could definitely see this team making a Western Conference Finals run or even making it to the Finals. Just The thing with this team is they remind me of a, of a Patriots Bill Belichick team. Everybody does their job. Nobody plays outside of themselves. It's just such a perfectly constructed team. They've spent years doing it, and John Morant is incredible. But see, that's that. That's the last piece. They have everything. You know, we talked about Chicago. Does Chicago have the guy? Does Miami have the guy to push them over the edge? Does you know Atlanta have that guy that pushes them over the edge? Well, you know what, Memphis, I really do, in my opinion, does. I, I think that. I think that John Morant is the ace and you have this unbelievable cast of players that can match up about against about any team in the NBA and in the Western conference in particular, I don't think golden state wants to face them. I don't think Phoenix wants to face them. If John is healthy and explosive, this team reminds me a lot of that 2011 Chicago team with Derrick Rose. Yeah, I agree, and I think they have better talent around uh, around Ja even for that Chicago Derrick Rose team. Um, yeah, I could definitely see them making it to the conference finals. I just, I think I still got Phoenix. I know it was a bold take, and no, I love Phoenix, good one. but I, I really think I, I'm very, very high on Memphis. Utah today got that win against um, Phoenix that we talked about. Mm-hmm. I still think this team is pretty capped. I thank you. I agree. I agree. I mean, listen, if Conley can play the consistently the way he did tonight, they might have a shot because you could see that Donovan is getting picked up literally at half court on defense. Um, and that's the only way they're going anywhere, but I don't see Conley Conley playing that consistently. And, and you're right. This team is capped. I just don't know how this team, maybe they win a first round series, but is there anything about this team that makes you think that they could possibly win a round two no. series? I, I think they have not. so much better of a chance of, of cleaning house and either dealing Gobert in order to save Donovan Mitchell or Donovan Mitchell just saying, I'm out in the offseason and, and a big blockbuster, blockbuster trade coming down, and hopefully it's to my Knicks. You know what, man? I, I, I think that that's where... I think that's where the momentum is going. I don't think he wants to spend his formative peak years, his prime years in Utah. I think he wants to go to a big market. Come to and that's the why Knicks. The Knicks. Come back that's to why Greenwich. the Knicks are doing what they're doing. Come back to Greenwich where you went to high school. Look you and this. I will get lunch and, oh, and we'll talk business. Yeah. 
No, listen, you're the CEO of two podcasts. He, he's going to come on. And Tom, I will tell you this. If this guy comes to New York City and he's residing in Greenwich and you don't find a way to get him on our pod, I'm going to be very upset at you. Fair. Very fair point. All right, Dallas. This is a team that was not really going anywhere fast for the majority of the first half of the season. And then all of a sudden they took off. And I'm not going to say it's because of Kristaps' trade, because they were really trending upward anyway, even when he was still on the he roster. He was playing well, by the way. I don't think Kristaps... Yeah, he was. I mean, listen, I think injuries have really diminished the guy, but I, I still think he's a good player. He just can't stay healthy, and he's a sourpuss. Yep. But the biggest thing here, dude, was obviously Luca deciding that he was going to take off the fat suit and decide that he wanted to be a peak athlete because we made fun of him, and rightfully so. I had this guy winning MVP last year. I had him as a candidate this year when we did our preseason shit. Like, I I think so highly of Luka Doncic, and it was so annoying to watch him just roll around on the court and get exhausted late in games, no matter how many incredible shots he hit because of his talent. And he finally looks like he's in really good shape and it's taken his game to the next level. This team's on a really good run. And I, I got to be honest, I haven't seen Spencer Dinwiddie with this team, but I, I thought when they made the trade that he was a good fit with Luca. He is. I mean, he's been playing pretty well, right? I haven't watched him since he's been in Dallas, to be honest with you. But he was not playing well in, in Washington. Here's the thing. When you get kicked in the dick like that, where it's like, we don't want you and you're not a leader, maybe that's a humbling experience. Maybe he's going to be on his best behavior. He's not a superstar. I don't know why he's acting like he's one. Hopefully he can just be, um, I'm trying to think, maybe like a Seth Curry on steroids version there. Listen, man, I'm just going to tell you one thing. God, do I love watching Seth Curry on my team right now. Oh, he's he was the perfect piece. He's so good, especially if Harris doesn't come back. But, yeah, Dallas, to me, what's your your ceiling on them? To me, I still think they're a first round. A second round out. I still think that they're a first round out. But if Luka does Luka magic. That's what I'm thinking. I can see that. Okay. On to the next team. And I don't know, Sean, maybe my MVP, just for the fact that they're here, the Uh Denver Nuggets at 35 and 25 and a sixth seed. With Murray being out, Porter being out, and the Joker kind of doing it with a with his cast of characters there, it's incredible. Yeah, no, it, it is. And for anybody that wants to vote him for MVP, I'm I'm not going to put up an argument. I I just think what Joel Embiid has done is one of the most dominant displays of center basketball I've ever seen. Um, Since Shaq, especially in probably. this era. Yeah, especially in this era where, as I've been well-documented, saying that the center can't be the best player on a championship team, he's questioning that for sure. The Denver team's interesting, and now you're starting to hear rumblings about Michael Porter Jr. starting to practice with the team again. If they can somehow – Bill Simmons talked about this on his Friday podcast with Zach Lowe. If you can get Porter Jr. back, even on a limited basis, and Murray back, you know this team does have the ability – from a talent perspective, you've seen Aaron Gordon, you got Monte Morris, obviously you've got the Joker. This team has so much depth, so much talent, and can beat you in a lot of different ways. I, I kind of liken them 
a little bit to like the Atlanta Hawks from the regard of just nobody wants to see this team. Nobody wants to play this team. No, not at all. But with all that being said, I look at them as more of a next year team because an ACL injury is usually like a two year fully healthy injury for the NBA. And I mean, I don't even know with Porter if it's a two year, 10 year, what could have been injury, but I think they're a next year team. Me too. Me too. But I'm just saying, like, if you look at it with with rose colored glasses, like he's mm-hmm. this is a team that that's special, and it's because of Jokic, and he he drives that bus, and he is he is as good as anybody in the entire league. Minnesota, Tom, thirty two and twenty nine. I don't know this team. I'm just, and I'm not just going to say it because of D'Angelo Russell, but you can let me know how you feel from the objective standpoint. This team reminds me so much of the two thousand and eighteen nineteen Brooklyn Nets. Really? I think they're a lot more talented than that Brooklyn Nets team. This team reminds me more of the Timberwolves of back in the day with KG and Stefan Marbury. I mean, Russell's got a lot of Marbury in him where it's like he's a great player, but he's also a little bit of a heady guy. I think they have guys like... What was that, the 4 T-Wolves? Well, the 4 team that went to the West Final against the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're not that to me. I mean, they're not that to me. If you want to say it's because they have a big man and a really good point, yeah, that's what I was point guard and obviously Anthony Edwards, but I don't know, man. To me, this team just seems more like we're not ready yet, but we can beat you on any night because we can athletically beat you. Yeah, and Carl Anthony Towns might have overtaken AD as that big man that you want to have outside of Embiid. I think Aiden is so far up there for me. It's crazy. I love Aiden, but I Towns. Aiden, has, I don't know. Well, I, I, you know, what the Towns thing is though is he's been available. He's been healthy when Davis has not been. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I just won the three point contest. He did, and I just think he's a more skilled player right now than Davis is. Watching Davis brick shots and just be lumbering down the floor because he put on all that weight. We'll see when he comes back from his injury if he sheds some of that weight and can be a little more nimble. The knock on Towns has always been his defense. You know, he's a stat filler and was always – he was kind of like the second version of Kevin Love, right, where Kevin Love was dominating on those bad T-Wolves teams. And, you know, I was like, well, great. Like, well, how good are you really? Because all your team does is lose. And that was what Cat was for a long time, and I think he took it personally. He has D'Angelo Russell, who can create a lot on the pick and roll, and you got Anthony Edwards, who obviously is a fucking stud, and it might be his team when it's all said and done. But they have some other ancillary pieces. Obviously, you got Pat Bev, you've got Torian Prince, you got Beasley. Uh, I think this team is pretty fun, but to me, I think they're maybe you win one or two games in a – in a first round if you get there and then you know you're out but you look forward to next year yeah i will say cat cat this year has been shaking the defense comments a little bit for sure no he's he's been really good next team up is the eight seed the los angeles not lakers clippers um I mean, this all relies on Paul George. It's been a fun year, and they, uh, Reggie Jackson's playing really well. Luke Kennard is having a great year. That signing, we said he might be able to do something with some other pieces around him. They traded for Norman Powell. Um, Paul George said the MRI showing positive results, but he's not out of the woods yet. That's what I summarized from the article. Um, I mean, this team will probably lose in the playing tournament. 
Yeah, I think so too. And we talked about it after the deadline that we give them so much credit for going for it. And Steve Ballmer, who's saying, we're not punting on this year. We're going to give it our best shot uh, in hopes that Kawhi and Paul George come back. But if not, you're right. They, they lose in the play-in, but they're not punting on the season, which I think is very admirable. Yes. Let's talk about the Lakers. How do you feel about them? I, I'm very sour on them. Except for Austin Reeves. I mean, this guy seems to be the only one on the team that plays hard. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been real good. I mean, I'll never say Russ doesn't play hard, but he just sucks. Well, um, this Austin Reeves plays hard on both sides of the ball. Yeah, well, that's true. But I, I think Russ is just a product of, wow, like, can you lose more value in a three-year span than him, honestly? His brain is just broken. Like, you know, a lot of people can mold and adapt and whatever to roles that they're put in. He was just in that same role for so long. I think he's just broken. You know, I don't mean to, you know, bring up a sour subject, but I think the only other player that you can say has lost more value in three years is maybe Kemba Walker. Like, yeah, but obviously not for the same reasons, but. It's not a sore subject. The Knicks took a shot on him and they're going to get rid of him, but they, they took a flyer. But the Celtics went from, you know, having him be their Kyrie replacement agreed. to, Absolutely agreed. you know, you trade him and buy him out, and then or Oklahoma City buys him out, rather, and the Knicks sign him, and now he's not playable on a bad team. And, and you're right about Russ. Uh, has there been a guy who just doesn't shift his mindset more? It's, he still has talent, and I really do believe, Tom, that if he decided that he was going to be a different version of himself, he would be a really productive player, not only you know, in his future, but on this current Laker team, but he's just never going to do that. And he's a superficial stat stuffer and, and he doesn't fit with this team, which we knew from the beginning. I still think that LeBron on his best days can never be counted out. And I never want to be the one to say that you can't count him out, but I just don't think this team's very good. No, not at all. Um, I mean, LeBron, you know, he can't do it the way he did it every single night. He can still do it, but I just don't think this is, this team has nearly enough to compete. We heard a lot of rumblings during the All-Star weekend about him going back to Cleveland and wanting to play with his son, and then Rich Paul came out and said we that he wants to be it. with the Lakers. What does the future hold, in your opinion, for this guy in L.A.? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I know he's a, got beef with Palinka. Um, I mean, I think he plays there. He wants to be in L.A. to further his career outside of basketball. Um, I mean, he's still a great player. This team just sucks. And they, they obviously don't have any assets to make this team much better. You know, you look forward to the offseason as, as a fan of the Lakers right now, but what can they really do? They kind of blew their load with Russ. Yeah, see, that's the thing. is They're in this predicament because of him. And, and you look back on his history. He did this to Cleveland I mean, how the first bad time it's around. gotten since they won the championship. I mean, LeBron's pissed at the Lakers because they didn't trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall and a first-round pick. Or they didn't trade Russell Westbrook and a first-round pick for John Wall. I don't remember what it was. But still, come on. No, great point. And, and a 2020... 
50 first round pick 20 I think it was a 2027 and and yeah man you're 100 percent right I mean the reason that they have Russell Westbrook in the first place is because of him you know he he for as great of a basketball player as he is and as much of a you know icon as he is on and off the floor you know you can have your gripes with him and I, they're fine but he's obviously one of the best humanitarians and representatives of the league All that we've ever great. seen but All yes around. But he sucks as a GM and as oh, a player. Absolutely. GM. And if I'm, and, you know, I know he owns a stake in the in Liverpool as well as the Red Sox. Don't let him make any player personnel decisions. <laughs> no, do not, because the reason they have Russell Westbrook is because of him. They didn't want the Polinka and the, and the Lakers brass didn't want Russell Westbrook. They had a deal done for Buddy Heald who would have fit the team so much better, not just because of the on-the-court shit, but you also wouldn't have had to give up nearly the assets you would have had to given up for Russell Westbrook. And you're not saddled with that $44 million or whatever the hell it is for, for Russell Westbrook. So it, it's a shit show. I don't think this team is very good. But, and I say this is but, if you get Anthony Davis healthy – and you get LeBron's mindset right, and Monk is hitting threes, and Melo has a good night, I will still say that whether it be the T-Wolves, the Clippers, or the Blazers, no team in the play-in wants to see this team. No, and if they're if they're at full strength, they're going to win the play-in tournament. And then you just have to worry about you know who you're playing in the playoffs. And I will again say that if you tip off in game one, whether it be in Phoenix or Golden State or what have you, or Memphis, they don't want to see LeBron James and Anthony Davis lining up on the other side of the court. Nope, not at all. Last team we'll talk about because 11 through 15 is a tank fest, especially between the Thunder and the Rockets. We'll see who wins that tank fest there. Um, The Blazers, Anthony Anthony, however you want to say it, Simons is better than CJ McCollum right now. And they were holding this guy back. He's incredible. He really is. He's more athletic, better defensively, and just as good of a shooter. Anthony Simons. Yes, yes like he's Penny. a beast. Penny Simons. Penny Simons. He's really good. And you know what? I give them credit for blowing it up because they had to. And Tom, I'm sure you're going to agree. A lot of this was done with. Damian Lillard's consent, and Dame Lillard's going to almost now become that next player GM who's going to decide what the ro- roster construction of this team looks like uh, come the offseason. I don't really think he wants to leave. I know everybody's talking about Knicks and this and that. I don't think he wants to leave. I think he wants to shape this organization the way he sees it in his uh, in the rest of his years. We'll see. We will see. I guess only time will tell. You don't believe me there, huh? No, I do. I'm leaning towards what you're saying, but I'm not. I'm not as 100% on it as you. He just seems to be that. Like yeah. every time he's had to, an opportunity, a golden opportunity to say, I want out or I want a bigger market. You're hearing what Donovan Mitchell's saying. Like you never hear that from him. Yeah. No, that's true. You heard whispers of it earlier, but he put them to bed. So he may be a trailblazer forever. I'll have to see. Tom, who's representing the NBA Finals this year? Milwaukee right Bucks. Now. We're going to run it back. Milwaukee Bucks against the Suns. I got the Suns winning. I got Memphis and Philly. Who's winning? 
I like Philly in six. Okay, all right. I'm sure that'll change. These are uh, ever changing, but that's an interesting. That's an interesting take. That's gonna hurt your heart. It's gonna suck. I just I watched them over the last two, and granted, it was Minnesota and New York, but. You took an already unstoppable force in Embiid and just free him up with Harden. Yeah, no, he looks even better, which is crazy to crazy to think. And he's your MVP. And Harden lied to you, but are you surprised? You shouldn't be because he did the same thing to get to your team. That's what I said before. <laughs> no, I'm not. He, he literally he literally did that for us. His first it, his year in Brooklyn last year was fucking amazing. He really was great. Um, so I'm not surprised at all. But Tom, the last exercise I want to do with you before we get off this podcast and call it a night was I saw this 2019 first 13 picks and I was really curious as to how you would redraft because two and a half years, almost three full years have gone by and I want to read off the draft order to you and then we can kind of go, you know, back to back or you can give your 13 or whatever. But we went obviously Zion one, jaw two. RJ three to your Knicks, Hunter to Atlanta, Garland, Culver, White, Hayes, Rui Hachimura, Reddish, Cam Johnson, PJ Washington, and Tyler Hero to round it out. I thought this would be a fun redraft. So, do you want to start with your number one and how you would redraft this if this year's if that year's draft started now? Sure, I have a top twenty. I didn't know how far you were going to go, so I went off awesome. the twenty, and then after that, you kind of. Uh, you kind of could have gone anywhere. Number one for me, I have Ja Morant. Me too. I, I think that one's pretty easy. Zion has been hurt for a good chunk of his career. He's played 20 to almost 2,700 minutes. Ja Morant has played almost about 5,750. So about double, I'd say. Uh, and he played more than double his games. Um, so I, I, and I just think John Morant's a winning player. Um, and he deserves to be the number one overall pick running away. Oh, for sure. Um, and you know, based off of how he's done lately in this year and where his team stands in the, uh, you know, Eastern conference standings, I have, uh, Darius Garland, number two, I have Zion number two, uh, just based off ah. the talent. I, I, I don't think Memphis would want him right now over Darius Garland, but I just I have him. I still think he's got the potential to be an all-time great. I still have Zion number two. I do have Darius Garland number three. I would have been very happy with that pick for my Knicks, but I have Zion number two. We flip-flop two and three then because I had Zion at three just, again, for the reasons you mentioned. His, his potential and what he could still be is too tantalizing to be like you wouldn't take him right now. Yes. Number four, I have R.J. Barrett. Me too. I think that one's pretty easy. I mean, you've seen what he's done over the past, I don't know, th- throughout the whole year, but rounded into now, I mean, he had another great night tonight. I, I think he's going to be a multi-time all-star. He's just going to be a really good player for a really long time. He's going to have some all-star years. He's going to have years where he's on the fringe of the all-stars, but yeah, he's going to be like a Rudy Gay type where it's just like, in my opinion anyway, where he's going to have nights where he just balls out. Like he's just a really, really, really good player. For sure. 
Number five, I have DeAndre Hunter. I think the guy's an incredible two-way player, and I think he's going to explode within the next couple years. He's going to become more than just a 3-and-D type guy. He can also put the ball on the deck. Um, and when they, that roster in Atlanta starts to round into form, he's going to get a lot more run. And I, I think he's going to be able to make an all-star team or two. No arguments there. I had him in the same spot. Number six for me, the consummate 3 and D guy on Phoenix, Cam Johnson. Um, I mean, everybody scratched their heads because I think he was a junior, a senior, a little bit older. Um, but he has been as advertised in Phoenix. Knock it down, and he can guard. Athletically gifted. Same reason that I have him at six, too. Perfect. Number seven for me is Tyler Hero. This is a Damn, guy who dude. I think can be a starter. Um, he can also come off the bench, and he can just straight up fill it up. What about you? Same thing. And, and you know, watching what he did in the playoffs, in the bubble, and, and in the finals, you know, he's a fucking stud. I, I, if you take him anywhere after here, I think you're just trying too hard. Yep. Agreed on that. Number eight, Matisse Thibel for me. Okay, so I went P.J. Washington here. Hmm. Okay, I think I got, he's a beast. I got P.J. Washington a little lower. Maybe that's because um, he hasn't played as much because he plays the same position as Bridges. Um, but I, I just love what Thibel brings to the table, and I think it's really going to show out running down here towards the end of the regular season through the playoffs for Philly. I think we already have seen it. You know, he's a lockdown defender, and now he's starting to be able to hit shots, which he wasn't doing early in his career. And now you get to keep him on the floor a little bit longer. Number nine for me, you had P.J. Washington at um, eight. I had Tybal. Number nine for me is Jordan Poole. Ooh. See, this is why I didn't go as deep. I only went one through 13, but I put so I put Cam Radish here. I just think that what he did in the playoffs last year, Tom, like honestly, what he did mm-hmm. to your Knicks, like he, he was on the he was on the big stage and he he aced it. And I really think he was a casualty of way too much depth that Atlanta had. They didn't want to play him and now he's a casualty of a Tom Thibodeau team that, <laughs> that he didn't want him in the first place. <laughs> I think this player has a lot to give and I think he's gonna be a really good player for a really long time. Um so I didn't even look into Jordan Poole, but there was a report that came out that said Jordan Poole's going to get like $80 million yep. over four years, and it sounds like Golden State's going to be more than happy to give that to him. I mean, the guy can shoot it. He can set up people. He he has really, um, I guess, overperformed, and he's exactly what they need there. No, he really is. He fits that team like a glove, and he's a damn good player. Next player, it's another guy that was outside the lottery, so you're not going to have him, but I have him at 10, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, to me, he's <laughs> he obviously can get after it. He's, he he's like a six-man of the year candidate on a good team for me. He's like a lot like Jordan Clarkson, a guy that can fill it up. And he's just dwindling away, obviously, in, in Houston. But he's also had a lot of character issues, and he's not been you know called a very good teammate. and I don't know. It has nothing to do with his skill set. He's obviously a very skilled player. Because I went 1 through 13, I had Rui, Hur- Rui Hurchimura here. I think that Rui, whenever I watch him, and I granted I don't watch a lot of Wizards games, but 
he's got size. He's got rebounding skills. He can shoot the three. He's a good overall basketball player. I uh, I like him a lot. I think he would be. You're talking about dwindling away on a bad situation. I think that's him in Washington. I've actually got him outside of my top twenty. Next guy I have is PJ Washington. Uh, okay, real, talk- real fast. Why why do you have him? So I I just talked him up. So why do you why do you think so little of him that you would have him behind your top twenty? Because I think he's a tweener. He's not big enough to be a four. He's not quick enough to be a three. Uh, I, his shooting is okay, not great. And his rebounding is okay, not great. Yeah, and I just no, don't I, think I, athletically he's good. He's he's good enough for the league, and he doesn't have an elite skill to make ooh, up for that see, lack of athleticism. I was willing to punt and just completely give you the argument there until you said he's not good enough for the league. I think he's good enough for the league. I don't know how great. I don't he think he's. Is. I don't. I said athletically. I don't think he's athletic enough for the league when he doesn't have an elite skill. If he was, if he was a thirty-seven percent three-point shooter for his life, and he wasn't, and the lack of athleticism wasn't there, I could understand it. But he's not a good enough shooter, or a good enough defender, or a good enough something to make up for that. I want to see what he does over the last few weeks of the season, and what he does going forward, and, and, because I do think he's held back a little bit because of the team he plays for, which has guys that just decide that they're going to take their own shots. Uh, but no, I hear you on that. There's there's questions there for sure. But I I don't look at him and be like, wow, he can't he can't contribute to good teams in this league. He just might not be a reason his team is good. Number twelve, who do you have? I put I put uh, Jackson Hayes here. Okay, I I've got I don't him. I think he's been in a very good position. To be quite honest with you. I agree. I think he could play. I think he could be like a really good backup big man, pretty much anywhere. I agree with you. And that's that's all we really have to say about that. We don't have to go much further into it if we agree there. Number twelve for me, just because I went through the entire draft, is Brandon Clark. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, he's been excellent on Memphis. He's just again, everybody's doing their job there. Every piece fits. Um, number thirteen, your final guy. I want Kobe White here mm. again because I went one through thirteen in in the regular draft. So it was like I look at Kobe White and I'm like, yeah, he can get me buckets off the bench. Is he a great point guard? No. Does he I don't think he's accepted that down? bench role yet either. No, I don't think so. And I think he's caught in between a rock and a hard place, right? Because his first few years in the league, that team sucked. It was his and team, now yeah. He's, and now he's trying to be part of the reason they're great as opposed to just accepting like, no, we just need you to do this and we're going to be really good. Yep. And he and he's kind of fighting it. Um, number 13. You? What'd you say? Oh, number 13 for you? me is Grant Williams. Another mm-hmm. 3 and D guy and he's mastered the corner 3. He's he's just the perfect player for the Celtics right there and I think he's going to be a long time Celtic. Um just a, a guy at the back of the lottery that you'd want. I agree with you. He's he, he really has found what he is as an NBA player. I always liked him at Tennessee. I never really knew what Boston had for him. But he fits that team real well, and I give Ime Odoka a lot of credit for deciding that, hey, this is the role you're going to play, and him for accepting it and turning out to be a really good night, a really good player on that team. All right, you ready for my 14 through 20? We'll run through them quick. Go. All right, my number 14 pick, he was the actual, let me see here, he was actually the 48th pick in the draft. 
So the 14th pick was Romeo Lankford, but my 14th pick is Terrence Mann from Florida State. Mm. Um, I mean, he showed out in the playoffs a couple years back, either last year. I think it was last year. And this is a guy who's tremendously athletic, can shoot the ball, and can guard. Yeah, he can. He's a really good player, bro. Yes, he definitely is. Um, Number 15 for me, I have Keldon Johnson. He was actually the 29th pick. Um, 15 was somebody, I can't pronounce their name, so Detroit picked somebody that probably isn't even in the league. Um, Yeah, he's not. (laughs) Um, Okay. But I I really like Keldon Johnson, a guy who can – he knows his role and he can play defense. I think he was doing some Team USA shit this year too. Yep. But you know what? And that gives him a bump to where a lot of people that don't know what they're seeing would put him in the lottery, but that was more just he was on the Spurs and Pop took him. But, yeah, still a great player. Yeah, and listen, obviously that connection's there. He might get a little bump, but Pop isn't giving out, you know, free handouts here, so. No, he's definitely not. Next player I have, 46 overall actually picked, but I have him as my 16, Taylor Horton Tucker. See, see, the Lakers talk him up like they're Brian Cashman in the early 2000s and that they deserve the first overall pick for him. Um, but I still think he's a guy that can put the ball on the floor and score, and he would he's better than a lot of the people that were picked there. Yeah, you're going to have to give me the rest of your list before I agree with you on here because I, I don't see it. I think he's a fine player. Look I up and down this draft and, and pick, a guy, pick guys better. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was like, give me, I want to hear the rest of your list before I completely sign off on that. Because I think he's fine. I don't think he's great or even worthy of, you know, a top 20 pick. Next guy I have, I mean, you'd have to look at this draft, though. It's pretty Yeah. Good. Next guy I have is Cody Martin on the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Taylor Horton Tucker looks a lot better right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I said 1 through 13. Now you're giving me through 20, so I got no well, shot Well, I went here deep dive here, down. buddy. That's why I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, you went against what I said, but that's fine. Well, you told me to redraft. I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I is Sean going to come at I me with two he, rounds? I gave you a screenshot of 1 through 13. I thought you were just using that as what gave you the inspiration. <laughs> the, next one no. I got is, the next one I got is your boy, Nick Claxton. Yeah, Claxton's he he's in he's in a rough spot. The Nets at times look like they just want to use him all the time, and he's a great defensive player. He, he's got great verticality at the rim, block shots. He can guard the really honestly like the two through the five. His offensive game is pretty limited, but I've been on record of saying I think his offensive game could be better if he was in uh, if he was on a team or in a situation that allowed him to actually try that. Agreed. And I think he'll be another guy like number 19 in Jackson Hayes who mm-hmm. would be a great backup center that anybody would take. Me too. And then rounding it out at number 20, this is just purely based off talent and he should probably be a lot higher thinking back to the playoffs last year, Cam Reddish. I'm telling you, man, I, I think this guy's got a lot of game and he's already proven he can do it in the playoffs. I don't know why the Knicks are jerking him around. He better get playing time for your boys. He better. 
Honorable mentions, I guess you could say, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He wasn't mentioned. Yeah. Um, that's Daniel Gifford. Aside from that, that's pretty much it. Bull Bull. Yeah, Bull Bull. Nobody knows what he is. I think he was with Boston, and then they sent him to Houston, maybe, or one of the other teams. No, I think they sent him to San Antonio. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, truthfully, man, like, Alexander Walker, there's times where I watch him and I'm like, wow, that's a really nice player. And then there's other times where I don't even know he's on the court. And it's like, oh, he locked 27 minutes tonight. I was like, when? <laughs> yeah, what 27? <laughs> yeah, but no, I hear you. I, it was a weird draft for sure. And I think especially at the top end, you know, there's a lot of room for how do you judge some of these players. I mean, if you put RJ3... You would say that because he's ahead of obviously anything Zion's done, but I think the hope of Zion still carries more weight than Agreed. what the future of RJ does. And 2019, although it seems, given the pandemic and everything, like 100 years ago, it's not that long ago, and these players still need time to develop. And I think, you know, granted circumstances present themselves to some players, I think we have a good idea as to what some of these players already are. Mm-hmm. God, I wish the Knicks at three could have gotten Garland. Man. Could have checked that, you point, know that point guard if, box right off. It, you could have, but if you brought in Tibbs, would he have even allowed him to play? Like, that's the thing. Yeah, although Quigley did get a lot of run last year. He did, but in a backup role, and I think he always was going to be a backup role. You know, and Quigley's not really a point guard. I think he always envisions kind of like, I know I hate to say the name to you, but Alfred Payton or Derek Rose being that kind of guy or Kemba Walker until he realized he couldn't play. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I Tibbs has to go. Um, but, yeah, I'm sorry I went a little too too deep on there for you. I was scared you were going right. to go even deeper. I thought you were going to go 1 through 30, whatever. But <laughs> No, it's fine, man. Listen, you, I will never blame you or get mad at you for doing more extensive research. I just figured, hey, here's 1 through 13. Let's redraft that. Well, no, um, I originally started with that. Level. I originally started with that, and I was like, some of these guys suck. There has to be better players <laughs> they than, do. than what were picked. And and turns out there was a few somewhat better players. I um, know. It's like, are you going to make me take fucking Jared Culver? Really? <laughs> I mean, there's no, uh, there's no, you know, deep lottery picks like a Devin Booker or a, um, or a Donovan Mitchell, but there's some talent. No, there is, and again, especially at the top, and we've seen some guys kind of even in the middle of that 1 through 10 that have turned out to be really good so far and are helping teams, so. Listen, the way especially RJ Barrett. Yes, the way I see it, I'm just glad that the Knicks didn't didn't completely bust. No, you didn't. I mean, the Knicks, they, the Knicks got a really good player for a really long time. Absolutely. You got anything else for us today? No, I will tell you this, though, real fast. I did watch two movies when I was in Florida. I watched The Kingsman, which was, like, the first iteration of the Kingsman movies. It was, like, cert- like kind of around World War One. That was great. And then I watched The Last Duel. Mm. Uh, yeah, my other Matt co-host Damon. is trying to get me yeah. to watch The Kingsman. That was really good, too. So, two movies for you. There you go. There you go. I saw Don't Look Up. Um, I was confused good? about it. It's good if you go into it with the expectations that it's just going to be like a comedy making fun of the way the world's turned out. I thought it was a serious movie, and very quickly did I realize that it wasn't. But it was okay. Oh, of a cast. 
Yeah, you know, I, that was what it was. I was a little disappointed. I thought they could have done more with these with the people in the movie, but it was okay. All right. It was fun. Yeah. If you got nothing else I, to watch, go ahead, but there's better stuff out there. You know, the last duel was long. It was like felt like it was like 3 hours, but it was a really good movie. Um and I heard Don't Look Up. Wasn't that kind of long too? Mm, two two and a quarter. I don't know. I watched it over like yeah. seven sittings. Oh jeez. See, I could never do that. I, I will lose complete attention if I don't. I don't know. I'm big into the once you start something, you got to finish it unless it's completely terrible. Yeah, that's how I feel too. It's like if I don't start this and and finish it, I'm never going back. Obviously, we've seen with my shows. So. Well, yeah. I mean, how I am. If I start a movie and it's not terrible, I'll go back to it. Like, if I started it, I want to finish it. So I don't have to see the keep watching thing. Got it. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's much That's pretty it much all. Me. Yeah. Yeah, same here, man. Not not too much going on. Um, but we've got a lot of NBA and we got some college basketball heating up. The last week of the regular season starts tomorrow and – Sooner than later, we'll be uh, we'll be running out our brackets and going over our March Madness pool. Yeah, St. John's sucks. Yeah, they're not very good, which sucks because they do have players. I mean, I watched them against Creighton today, and they don't have enough shot takers or shot makers. They just don't have the talent, and we're not swimming in the same pools we were even when we had Lavin. I mean, at least with, with Lavin, you knew you were, you were going to be in the mix for a couple five-stars even if you didn't get him, and you were going to get a couple four-stars on your team. Now we're looking at graduate transfers, junior college transfers, players that aren't happy in other places, and three-star recruits at best. And it's, it's a shame. No, that sucks. Meanwhile, UConn's starting to reestablish their pipeline of talent, and uh, they beat Villanova in a crazy-ass game last Tuesday, and they killed Georgetown today. So they wrap up with at Creighton and home versus DePaul, and hopefully they finish this season as like a three or four seed heading into the NCAA tur- or heading into the Big East tournament because. You know, between Sonogo and R.J. Cole, and they've got these athletes between Jackson and Hawkins. They're a really fun team to watch. So it's they been are. a it's been a fun year. It's been a fun year for me. They are because they, they make were good really decisions the, too. They're well coached. Yeah, St. Yeah. John's has a bunch of athletes, and there it's turnover after turnover. Hurley is a great coach, and he's really you know, gets the most out of those kids. But there are times where he loses his shit. Like, he got ejected in the first half the other day, um, which is great. But it's also like, hey, man, like, you cost your team some points and possessions here where if they don't get them back, it's kind of on you. But the UConn program that I grew up loving, and you can't call me a fraud for that, um, is back. And, and it certainly seems like they're, they're the team that's to be reckoned with in the Big East up there with Providence and Villanova. For sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess that wraps it up. We'll be back next week, folks. I don't know what day. Can't make any guarantees, but that's all. That's all. Take care, everybody.